This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show. The fact that the most disastrous season that an organization has had in three decades is not going to amount to any real kind of changes. I mean, that's kind of unbelievable. That might be the most depressing aspect of the whole season. More so than than how bad left field and third base and this thing have been and that thing have been. You're going to have the, the most disastrous season in 30 years where maybe they can get back to 500. Maybe. But they're they're certainly going to end up in last place. They're certainly going to end up out of the playoffs and almost certainly going to wind up under 500. And what is the impact of that? Nothing. This is the Gordon Damer Show. This show's a hoot. On 98.7 ESPN. One hour just flew right by. It's already gone. Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. And right now, right this very second, It's time for the weekend weather presented by Grand Marnier. Today, Saturday, high of 81 throughout the day. Sunday, low of 67, a high of 90. So it might be the end of the summer with uh, Labor Day and all that type of stuff, but not going to feel like it for a little while. And that's the weekend weather brought to you by Grand Marnier. It takes cocktails from ordinary to unforgettable and big weekend for me. Want to know why? Big wedding anniversary. 18 years in a row, I have been able, a series of one-year contracts, and I have, uh, I've done 18 of them in a row, consecutively. Some people take a break. Some people take a break forever. Some people go on sabbatical. I've been sticking with it. More importantly, my wife has stuck with me, which is, is probably the greater accomplishment. 18 years in a row, consecutively. Fantastic job by me. So let me pat myself on the back. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Mitch is in East Windsor. Mitch, what's going on, pal? How's it going, Gordon? Happy uh, holiday weekend to you and the family. Thank you very much, Mitch. What you got? Well, maybe, uh, yeah, the Mets uh, rebuild every three, four years. It's getting ridiculous. You know, it's like the, it's like the federal budget. But um, I think the price should come down already. You know, he's one dimensional. DH, don't sign no more than four years. But you got to keep him. And this MVP race in the National League, it's incredible. I, I, seen, I see four guys being so close. You think it could be a, a co-MVP, and I'm thinking Acuna and Mookie Betts. He's having a great year for my Dodgers. The, the top heavy lineup the Dodgers have, the bottom half, so-so, the platoon a lot of guys. But um, Mookie's carrying that team, him freedom, especially Mookie. You, you, see, you see a co-MVP happen. Yeah, I mean, both guys are having an okay. unbelievable season. Mitch, thanks for the phone call. Um, you know, just to get back to the Alonzo thing, you're saying don't sign him to more than four years if you think he's going to be a D, but you're not going to get him. You're going to, you're going to have to overpay. And and the this will be really. It seems like with the Mets that they don't seem fully on board with signing Pete long-term, right? The the reports about at least investigating uh, what it would look like in a trade before the deadline. There's been questions about uh, his contract here for a little while. If if he's somebody that, that you look at the same way the fan base looks at, you're not even investigating what you could get back for him in a trade. Um, So if that's the case, you're going to have to 
I mean, really pony up. I mean, every contract that they've signed has been uh, extra. Like, they gave Brandon Nimmo eight years. And he's a nice player, and he's a center fielder, and all these type of things. You really like homegrown guy and all that type of stuff. So if you're talking about Pete, you're not going to get him for four years. And there's that line about if you, if you only sign the reasonable deals in free agency, you're, you're going to always finish in third. Well, I think that that kind of – if you went to Pete Alonso and said, hey, we'll give you a four-year contract, he'd laugh you out of the room. Wait a second. I'm the, I'm the homegrown guy. I'm the face of the franchise. I'm the power hitting. I mean, he's, he's, the, he's the guy. You might make the argument that, uh, that Lindor is a better all-around player because of the position he plays and all that type of stuff. But if, if the Mets have a star, it's Pete Alonso. So you're not going to get him for four years. I don't think you're going to get him for five years, $200 million. I think you're going to have to go more than that because he's watched you go more than that on everybody. Lindor, 10 years. Nimmo, eight years. Jeff McNeil got five years. Guys that you're bringing in, you gave uh, Marte $80 million for four years. There, there is no budget. So if you're Pete Alonso sitting there, you're saying, wait a sec, there's never been a budget, so why are we going to start having a budget now? Not with me. And he's only a year away from free agency, so maybe he'll say, I'll just wait. I'll wait until everybody's bidding against, uh, against the Mets. Dave is in Mil- uh, New Milford. Dave, what's going on? Hey, Gordon, how are you, man? First I'm off, good, congratulations Dave. on 18 years. 18 in a row, Dave. Can you believe it? Uh, man, what, what an accomplishment. Hall of Fame worthy. It um, is. Listen, first game in quite some time last night where I was excited to watch the Yankees. I love seeing all these young guys up. Um, the thing is, I know not all of them are going to pan out. Um, Volpe obviously has shown he's going to. I think Dominguez is going to. Uh, it comes down to, you know, with Peraza, Perea, and Wells. We get one of those guys to work out. Now we got three. But the thing is, we can't wait. Let's say with Dominguez and he works out. We can't wait till he's 26, 27 years old to sign him to a 10-year contract because then the, next, the last few years, it's going to be bad. So if Cashman and the analytics guys, who I can't stand, see it at 22, 23 years old that, hey, he's it. He's a long-term Yankee. Do what the Braves do and sign him to a contract early. Because they're getting these guys now for eight, ten years at 22, 23. Their, their contracts are up by 32, 33. And then you make the decision, hey, we'll give you three years. We just gave you eight. We'll give you three, three more. And now you got them for 11, 10, 11 years, and it's working out instead of paying guys at 37, 38, and 39. What do you think about that? Well, look, Dave, you're absolutely right. I mean, they've got a lot to learn. And thanks for the phone call about whether or not Dominguez is going to, you know, one home run one day. I mean, think about all the Yankees that we saw come up uh, in 2017, 2018, right? Uh, Andujar and Sanchez and, and even Clint Frazier. Uh, Clint Frazier's kind of become a, a bit of a punchline, but they, Clint Frazier had his moments. He was a top five pick in the, the MLB draft and, and did have that one season where he had like an OPS of like 900. And for whatever reason, the variety of reasons with the, each of those guys, it just never stuck. So we got to see more out of Dominguez. He does, he does seem very exciting. He does seem like the real deal. Uh, you look, there's certain guys you look at their swing and you're like, yeah, that guy does look like he's going to be a player. And, and he's certainly one of them. But he is 20 years old, so let's see how this goes. But you're right. In, in terms of signing guys, you're better off signing them early if you know for sure. And again, this comes down to self-scouting which we talk about all the time. you got to be able to scout yourself better than anybody else to know what you truly have. And there was a time when the Yankees were really good at that. There was a time, 
and it kind of led to the success of, of the late 90s teams. The guys they kept, they all turned, or not all, but most of them turned out to be the, the best prospects they had. And the guys they trade away, they, they, there wasn't any real guy that came back and you're like, man, we let this guy get away? We let that guy get away? They always knew the right ones to trade. They always knew the right ones to keep. So it comes down to self-scouting. They'll have to do that And uh, when it comes to uh, Jason Dominguez. And, and hopefully he does turn out to be a, a long-term piece. And as I open the show today, you're looking at the future of the Yankees because that's all that kind of matters now. How do we get out of the spot that we're in? And if you're looking for solutions and you're putting things on a to-do list where the Yankees are going to – a lot of questions for next year. Run down, run down the lineup for next year. Well, I would think that Rizzo's going to be back. He's here for another year. So Rizzo's at first base. Second base, kind of up in the air. Glaber has another year before he hits free agency, but I don't know whether or not the Yankees are going to sign him to a long-term deal. There was that report from Peter Gammons that they might try him in left field. So it seems like second base as a position might be up in the air. Shortstop, all right, Volpe's good there. Third base, you'd figure that LeMahieu is going to be part of the mix there because he's going to be here for a very long time. Maybe somebody platoons with him at third base. But left field, that seems open right now. Center field seems open right now. Catcher, you got some guys there, but you could use some offense out of that position. That's kind of, they've kind of gotten away from that, and it's just an automatic out, which is fine if you're getting production from the other eight spots or eight spots plus the DH, but the Yankees didn't have that this year. Third base, black hole. Left field, black hole. Center field, black hole. Shortstop, you were relying on a very young kid who's, who's done okay for himself but can't really be relied on. Then you had the Rizzo injury, and that certainly turned out to be a, a disaster there as well. So the Yankees have to get back to putting together that lineup that's a circular lineup and having a catcher who can hit man if Austin Wells I'll take I'll take some of the the, the defensive deficiencies if he has them it seems like the, the the reports on him is he can hit in the majors it's just a question of whether or not he can handle the position but man to have a catcher who can actually hit that would be a huge plus and you look back at the Yankees teams that that won the World Series and and, and had the dominant run they got, they got offense out of positions that generally are not offensive positions. They got offense out of catcher. They got offense out of second base. They got offense out of, out of center field. So it would be nice to be able to get back to, uh, to some of that. But in terms of your point of signing people sooner rather than later, absolutely. if you're going to take any uh, lessons away from the break, now I don't know how they do it. They get all these guys to sign these contracts that are way below market value. I don't know if you can do that when you're talking about a New York team. But yeah, you want to sign them for their most productive years. And their most product- if they're going to have productive years, it's going to be early rather than late. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. One other thing that happened this week that uh, kind of came and went, we didn't really get to, uh, to focus on it that much, was the... Um, Move with Harrison Bader, placed on waivers. So now he is a, a member of the Cincinnati Reds. And um, look, Bader was like a fun guy because he was a local guy. And the home runs he hit in the postseason last year certainly were, were a highlight. But you take a look, and we have, we don't need to beat a dead horse here, of the moves that Brian Cashman has made over the last couple of years. And there is just a slew of, I mean, bad move after bad move after bad move. 
clearly the Donaldson one is the headline or the, the Joey Gallo one is a headline or Rodon this past off season. That's another one that jumps to mind immediately, at least right now, or uh, Frankie Montas. That was a disastrous move in the moment. And it certainly turned out that way. All the moves that they made at the trade deadline with all the guys getting hurt, those were all disastrous moves. But one that kind of flies under the radar is Bader. And yeah, that was another bad move. It's great that he hit some home runs in the postseason, but that was about it. He came here last year, was hurt when you got him. He finally got healthy and only played, what was it, 15 or 20 games in the regular season, didn't give you a whole much. He was, he was good in the postseason on a team that couldn't get out of its own way in the postseason. But then this year, it was clear he was not the answer. And I was worried at a time that, oh, no, they're going to re-sign this guy. They're, it's going to be a mistake. He's 29. He's always hurt. But he was so bad, even the Yankees realized, you know what, we can't sign this guy long term. They would have loved to have been able to sign. Well, look at the move we made. See? You have to be able to trust our judgment. We saw something in him. And he was better than what the track record was in St. Louis. No, no, it turned out he was much worse than the track record in St. Louis. So much so that in a team going absolutely nowhere, they decided to uh, release him. So when you look back at the moves, and we were all talking about, oh, well, what, how are the Yankees going to approach this moving forward? And what are the Jason Dominguez and Austin Well? Unless Brian Cashman gets a whole lot better at, at his job, or at least a whole lot better than he's been here the last couple of years with the moves that he has made, it's not going to really matter because the moves the last two years, we've seen a lot of bad GMs here. Mike McCagden, that's one that comes to mind. Or Dave Gettleman was certainly another one. At times, Billy Epler, even though he's still, he's still with the Mets. Plenty of complaints about him, too. We've seen lots of bad GMs. Phil Jackson with the Knicks when he was running things. I don't know. Was he the, you know, he wasn't the GM. He was the team president. We've seen a lot of bad GMs. There are very few who have had a run of two years like Brian Cashman has had here uh, and still kept their job. It's, it's, it's kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, what's going on there? Well, first of all, happy 18th. Yes, 18 consecutive years. That woman must be made out of steel to live with you for 18 years. Why? Well, I'm, a, I'm a delight. What do you, what do you yeah, mean? How, how dare you? How dare you, Spike? That's because, because what you said yesterday was classic humor. humor. I can't wait until they both go back to school. And oh, my I'm wife looking forward to Tuesday like you read about. Oh, my God. I finally have the house and back maybe, to myself. The dog and, isn't and even here anymore. God love him. God, God bless yeah, his soul. No, you, you lost your dog, right? Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't even have to yeah. worry about him anymore. I got to just all by myself for hours and hours and hours on end. Just the way uh, I like Listen, because you know how I feel about you and Larry, and a bunch of the core guys, too. I'm going to pray for rain out there on Tuesday. How's that oh, for a friend? That would be, that would be sincere. Nice rainy day. Nobody here could just take the nap. What would you get done? Oh, I was, I was working on some stuff for the show, sweetie, you know? Oh, it's great. It's a great excuse to have. Yeah, your two-hour nap is a rejig. Oh, it's well, you, glorious. Hey, good luck, too, again. I was just telling my wife, Susan, the same thing. You got that extra hour. Man, no one pushed harder. I wanted you guys to get that extra hour. Listen, so here, here's my key. I told Harvey on the free pickup. You cannot have a better first as bat. You, can't, you cannot put anything together 
You hit a Hall of Famer, first ballot, Cy Young Award winner. Mm-hmm. You take them deep. You can't. You can't. We go. You remember Duke Marsh? Remember all those guys? I'm I'm old, so the, a lot of the listeners won't understand it. But you you're a Yankee diehard, so you could probably rattle off ten guys that came up. Kevin Marshall was not Kevin Duke Marsh. Yes. Was oh, was, yeah, well, he, I was all was about the Kevin Marsh. There's a Duke Marsh. Look him up. You see. But uh, just a bunch of my age. But there were a bunch of those guys. Well, the guy who's managing the Triple A team now, Shelly Duncan. Shelly Duncan, sure. And that family has a lineage from, from Tony LaRusso, right? Anyway, what I wanted to say is, can you imagine today if he goes, I don't know, he probably won't play today. He needs a day off, right? But he goes three for four, game-winning home run, uh, home run or game-winning whatever, Jack Fly, and then plays well in the field. And, uh, you know, the Bill Parcells line, don't anoint him yet. <laughs> but it's, it's good. Listen, they should have done this three weeks ago, for God's sakes. Hey, last question. What did they do? They cut it from from forty to thirty-one what on the call-up. What are you talking about? 40 the to September 31. call. They used to be forty. Oh, twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. They only give you. Wow. Yeah. Did they go from twenty-six to twenty-eight. Only two guys. Yeah, they did that. What did they do that? Two years ago. Yeah, a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're not that you're is. not gonna see the, the, the pictures of like fifty guys at the dugout all sitting on the bench or anything like that anymore. Yeah, numbers in the seventies. But you can't you still can't get the Florio come up or they just they... I don't even think Florio's on the forty man. Uh they, they got rid of and Spike, thanks for the phone call. They got rid of Donaldson and they got rid of um of, of Bader to be able to get these two guys uh, on the forty man roster. And and I gotta be honest with you, I saw a video of when I think it was that they uh it was Wells when they uh, gave him the, the announcement, they gave it in front of the team. And Florial seemed like one of the happiest guys to see someone else getting called. So it, it seems like, man, just from that little video, that dude seems like a really good teammate to be as happy for someone else when he's having the year that he's having and has not gotten the opportunity when it's pretty clear. I, I don't know that Estevan Florial will ever actually be a major league player. But given with the, the the problems the Yankees have had in the outfield and, and given the problems they've had with offense this year, geez, Louise, if you were ever going to give him a chance, this is the time to do so. The guy's having an unbelievable season, and uh, he's, never, he's never gotten a sniff. And you would think if you're him, you have to, after this season is over, you almost have to go to the organization and say, trade me someplace where I might actually get a chance to play. He's been up here at times and has not produced. It's been very brief he had very brief runs in the major league. So the fact that he wouldn't, he didn't hit the ground running right away at the age that he was at. Um, maybe he will never turn out to be a major league player, but again, what were the other options this year? He certainly could have helped at, at points. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. What I learned on TikTok this week. It's coming up next on the Gordon Damer show, 98.7 FM ESPN, New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's impossible. I'm just getting warmed up. Full of hijinks. And look, I'm not your friend, so I'm not your friend. I'm your enemy. And educational. You sound like you're a moron. It's what I learned on TikTok, starring Gordon Damer. Oh, people, it is that time. 1030 on a Saturday. A time that Joe and Harvey despise almost as much as they despise me. No, 
nothing but love. All right, you two guys ready? You goobers ready to go here or what? Ready as we'll ever be. All right, who's going? You, you going first here? I'll go first. Why not? You're going to go first. All right, here we go. Uh, in case you don't know, this is uh, what I learned on TikTok. I, as a 52-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app, but it's because I learned such interesting but yet completely useless information. I can't use it anywhere else. So we've crafted this little segment, how it works. I'll give Harvey, I'll give Joe four pieces of information, one of which is something I learned this week on TikTok and something that is true. Three pieces of the information I give them are completely made up. I've just completely concocted them with my own demented brain. And they got to figure out what is the real fact and what are the uh, what's the BS, so to speak. Like BS High, which I recommended to Harvey, but he didn't watch until Ray Santiago happened to mention passing on a show he just happened to be listening to he wasn't even part of the show well you weren't part of the show you were just listening to the show yeah i was just listening to the show right so somebody who's working on a show that you're not even part of they recommend something you go right out rush right out and watch it i as a friend supposedly mentioned it on a show i'm working completely disregarded interesting all right let's get started this is how it works Let's see if uh, Harvey can do any better than the last. How long has it been since you did uh, Halfway Decent on this? Like two months? It's been since the Stone Age, I think, yeah. It's been a long, long time. All right, here we go. Number one, PETA, the people for the ethical treatment of animals, have gone on record as being against goldfish bowls because their research shows that curved glass distorts the view for the fish, thus causing them suffering. Number two, the prop money used in the movie Rush Hour 2 was so realistic that the FBI needed to be called in to investigate after extras on the movie tried spending it. Number three, LBJ, the president, would require guests on Air Force One to remove their shoes basically because he just liked being a jerk. Or number four, in the movie Turner and Hooch, Hooch, the dog, was cast before Turner, Tom Hanks. So again, to recap, number one, PETA is on record as being against goldfish bowls because their research shows that curved glass distorts the view for the fish, thus causing them suffering. Number two, the prop money used in the money, uh, excuse me, in the movie Rush Hour 2 was so realistic that the FBI needed to be called in to investigate after extras tried spending it. Number three, LBJ would require guests on Air Force One to remove their shoes just because basically he liked being a jerk. He saw it as an intimidation tactic. Or number four, in the movie Turner and Hooch, Hooch was cast before Tom Hanks. All right, here. Let's see here. I'm going to go with PETA. PETA, the number one. Mm -hmm. Right out of the box. You think I'm going to put it in the first one? Uh, I don't know anything. I'm just going to... This PETA thing sounds okay. sounds good for me. Lock in. There you go. PETA is on record as being against goldfish bowls because their research shows that curved glass distorts the view for the fish. That's causing them suffering. Well, Harvey's off and running. No, that's absolutely wrong. No, I just made that up. That's wrong. So uh, now you're down to uh, now you're down to three. Prop money used in the movie Rush Hour 2 was so realistic the FBI needed to be called in. LBJ would require guests on Air Force One to remove their shoes, basically because he was just being a jerk. Or number four, in the movie Turner and Hooch, Hooch was cast before Tom Hanks. Have you ever seen Turner and Hooch? No. Are you recommending it to me? No, I'm not. I'm not. It's not? Have you seen it? 
Actually, Turner and Hooch, I believe everybody loves Henry Winkler, the Fonz. He's got a great reputation, but apparently he hates Tom Hanks. And I think it has to go back to that movie, Turner and Hooch. A little bonus fact for you there. Yeah, more you know. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Rush Hour Money. Rush Hour Money? Yes. Are you just going down the list one, two, three, and four? Well, look, I have no strategy. There's no real okay. uh, strategy right. to win this game or play oh. this game. No, that's true. So, like, darts gonna, on the board. You're going to lock that one in? You might have actually hit on a strategy here that I'll have to adjust to. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Yes. The prop money used in the movie Rush Hour 2 was so realistic, not only did the FBI need to be called in, the company, I can't remember the company name, that made the money was prevented from making any more money because it was so realistic. And the extras, they were trying to spend it, and they had so much of this prop money. It was like a trillion dollars in prop money that they had on set. And it was, it, they, I guess they were filming in Vegas, and this money kept popping up everywhere. All right, very good, Harvey. I don't know that I can necessarily give you credit because you just, uh, just went down the list. But all right, good job. I That's can a retire. more effective strategy than whatever you were using before. That's for sure. I can retire happily now. All right. Bring in that other Harvey Cruz next week. All right, Joe. The pressure is on you, Joe. You're like Austin Wells after watching Jason Dominguez hit a home run on his first swing in the majors. I'm hoping that I can do just as well as Austin Wells did in his first at-bat. I got to be honest with you. Jason Dominguez hitting a home run against the reigning American League Cy Young in his first swing in the majors, not nearly as surprising as Harvey getting one right before he got them all wrong. Ooh, that's I, I'm at a loss. I, I I don't know if I can do the rest of the show. I'm uh, I've been thrown for such a loop. All right, Joe. Here we go. Uh, number one, the celebrities whose names are used for rest stops along the Garden State Parkway are actually ranked based on their popularity, starting in the South with Frank Sinatra. Number two, Egyptian mummies have a smell that is very reminiscent to corn chips. Number three, scientists have found that former smokers that play the video game Tetris for at least seven minutes, that the anxiety that that creates increases their odds of relapsing and smoking by 40%. Or number four, Spanish scientists have created a 3D printer that can produce human skin. So again, to recap, the celebrities whose names are used for the rest stops along the Garden State Parkway are based actually on popularity, starting in the South with Frank Sinatra. Number two, Egyptian mummies have a smell very close to corn chips. Number three, scientists have found that former smokers playing the video game Tetris for at least seven minutes, that the anxiety that creates increases their odds of relapse by more than 40%. Or number four, Spanish scientists have created a 3D printer that can produce human skin. Just like last week, these are not any easier. Right. Um, I'm going to cross off mummy and corn chips just because okay. All right. All right, that was usually one of my go-tos, you know, most ridiculous first right. guesses. That does seem the most ridiculous. I'm going to cross that one off. All right. I'm going to stick to Harvey's strategy and go with the first one here because I think that's like a – it feels like that could be like a BuzzFeed list or something like that where right. they just rank all the, the rest mm-hmm. stops from one to whatever. Okay, you're going to lock that one in? I'll lock, I'll lock rest stops in, yes. 
Yeah, that's it. I just made that up. I made that up coming back from Cape May. I saw that Frank Sinatra was the first one. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll make that one up for something on TikTok. That's the first one that you get when you're coming back from Cape May. That long drive back from Cape May. Um, it's Frank Sinatra. But no, it's not based on popularity. And I, I think, I guess, yeah, I guess Frank Sinatra probably is the most. I know Whitney Houston's one. James Gandolfini is one. Uh, bon Jovi's one. Lombardi's got one. Frank uh, uh, Lombardi's got Vince Lombardi's got one. Okay, I think Frank probably is the most popular. He's the most famous of all those ones, right? I'd say I that, think. but the, the Lombardi one is just for me. It's my favorite rest stop. On is the Bruce one of them? I don't know if Bruce got one yet. Maybe they're gonna have to nail those things. Down. If he's part of it and they have any signs with Bruce, those Bruce Springsteen. Fans. Oh my God, they're so obnoxious. All right, guys, you went to the concert. I get it. I actually like Bruce's music, but I won't go to one of his shows because his fans are just such goobers. It's like, enough. All right, I get it. You love him. I get it. You love him. I got it. You don't have to make it your personality trait. How long would that uh, that rest stop sign actually be? Oh, they'd be ripping it down like animals. Before it's even... I got a Bruce Springsteen sign. I get it. You like his music. I get it. I like his music. Just calm down. Bruce. I went to see Paul McCartney and like the special guest, I thought going in... What what would be what would be better than having Ringo Starr come up on stage? But Ringo got like uh, COVID like a week before, so that was out. But Bruce was the guy, and the people when he comes, Bruce. All right, we get it. I get it. You love him. I got it. It's a it's a little obnoxious. That's what I'm saying. But I, I digress. We've gotten off track here. All right, so uh, you got that one wrong, Joe. Uh, you're crossed off the other ones that are remaining Egyptian mummies have a smell very close to corn chips number now two scientists have found that former smokers playing the video game Tetris for at least seven minutes that the anxiety that that creates increases their odds of relapse by more than 40 percent or now number three was number four Spanish scientists have created a 3d printer that can produce human skin I don't really like any of these because right the Again, mummies and corn chips. Who's actually sniffing mummies? Who's doing that? I don't know. Um, Tetris. They smell like corn chips, though. It's delicious. Who doesn't love a Frito? Yeah, but I don't know. All right. You crossed it up. All right. I get it. I don't want to be uh, accused of, of trying to point you in any direction. No, never. You're not feeding me answers. Um, All right. The smokers... It, that does seem plausible. I, I, I don't want to think that there's a 3D printer that can print human skin. Why? That would be a, that would be a revelation. You know what? Give me that one. It's sad. Uh, Which one? The Spanish scientist? The Spanish scientist with right. a 3D printer. Lock that one in. You lock that one in? Yes, that is absolutely correct, Joe. Very good. Yes, but how is that not on like the front page of the newspaper? We got a machine. A mach- I don't understand how these 3D printers work. I don't Yay! understand. What, what do you type it in? Make skin? I don't know how it works. That should be on the front page of every newspaper. Everybody should be talking about this. Scientists have figured out a way to produce human skin. The androids are coming for us, Gordon. Meanwhile, you got the all the paper, po- the posts. Oh, the, the headlines and that thing every single day. This guy, well, don't. this is why you shouldn't eat Big Macs. Uh, I already knew I shouldn't be eating too many Big Macs. Thank you for the, the heads up. All right. So, I mean, this might be the most successful round of what I learned on TikTok ever. 
You guys have gotten only one wrong each. All right, let's move on to the final one, shall we? This one, we reverse it. This one, there's three actual facts and just one thing that I've made up. Because these things are hard to, to come up with. All right, here we go. Number one, Aerosmith's song, the big hit song, Walk This Way, got its title from a line in the movie Young Frankenstein. Number two, the Great Barrier Reef is visible from space. Number three, each year more people are killed by teddy bears than grizzly bears. Or number four, in the early years of Rice Krispie cereal, there was a fourth mascot to go along with Snap, Crackle, and Pop named Bang. So again, to recap, you're trying to find the uh, fake one now. Aerosmith's song, Walk This Way, got its title from a line in the movie Young Frankenstein. Number two, the Great Barrier Reef is visible from space. Number three, each year more people are killed by teddy bears than grizzly bears. Or number four, in the early years of Rice Krispie cereal, there was a fourth mascot to go along with Snap, Crackle, and Pop named Bang. I know what I'm going with. All right. What do you got, Harvey? I'm going with Bang. You're going with Bang. All right. Joe, you're going to stick with Harvey? He's, he's, he's on a hot streak, as much of a hot streak as he's ever been on. Or are you going to go opposite? Make it a Mike Breen double bang. Double bang. Wow. Locked in. Oh, my God. I got to go back to the drawing board here. Yeah, you got them both right. This must have been yeah. the worst by me ever. Let's Yes, no, there was no bang. There was no bang on the, the Rice Krispie Treats. But, no, the other three are all true. More people killed by teddy bears than grizzly bears. The Great Barrier Reef visible from space. And uh, Walk This Way got its title from the line by Marty Feldman in the movie Young Frankenstein. So there you go. That is what I have learned this week on TikTok. And now, whether you want it to or not, you have learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, we'll get into the football, the Jets, the Giants, oh, the whole shebang right here. Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Yes. So there you go. In your face, Gordon. In your face, Gordon. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. We've talked a lot of baseball here up until this point, but we got to get into uh, a little football. we got the Giants and Cowboys right around the corner. We've got the Jets and Bills coming up on uh, Monday, September 11th, first game of the season. And man, oh, man. Has the anticipation reached a fever, fever pitch? And, and we've talked about this before, but week one, there is nothing in sports maybe as overblown as week one in the NFL. Week Everybody has their takeaways from week one, and all it takes is for one game, for everything you have thought up until that point, for some, to change. Teams that you thought, oh, this team's going to be in the play. This team's going to win their division. This team's going to the Super Bowl. One game happens, and all of a sudden, everyone, wait, 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 we have to reevaluate everything after one week. It is overblown every single year. And I bet you, after this year, there will be talk about some coach losing their job after week one. That's how overblown week one is. But this year, because of the way the schedules have come up, I don't know that it's that it can be necessarily pointed out as being as overblown as in past years. Giants, division game against the Cowboys. Jets, division game against the Bills. But not all division games are the same. There's no question that the Jets and Bills game has more riding on it for the Jets 
than the Giants game does against the Cowboys. Because while the Giants have expectations and they're coming off a playoff year and you want to see what progress they can make after last year and year two under Joe Shane and Brian Dable, the Giants, let's be honest, if they lost the Cowboys on week one, they can recover from that. The Giants' goals this year are not must-win division. It's not like their goals are set there. If the Gi- Their goals this year are to make it back to the playoffs, see if they can get further. Let's see what they can get out of the quarterback. Is the offense more explosive? Can the defense take the next step? But it's not as, as make or break as the Jets' season is. And the Jets' season is kind of make or break. Absolutely. Now, part of that is that the Giants had success last year. They made the playoffs last year. And that didn't get you a buy from expectations, but it's not as fever pitch. Nobody looks as at the Giants right now in their uh, step as an organization and look at this year as, well, they got to do it this year. Otherwise, when are they ever going to do it? The Jets, they are far more make or break. They do need to show that they are going to win some division games, something that they have not done a whole lot of the last decade or so. And there's no better time than the present than week one. A team that has owned the division the last three years. A team, though, that you almost beat twice last year. The Jets' goals this year are set higher than the Giants' goals are this year. The Jets have a ticking clock. Now, I know there's been a lot of talk this week about the Jets' Super Bowl or bust. Are Super Bowl or bust? Are the Jets' Super Bowl or bust? There's been talk here. There's been talk everywhere. When you go and make the moves and you're you're the center of attention in the offseason and you make the moves that the Jets have made this offseason where you're all in on this group. They have a talented young core that needed a quarterback and they went out and got a 39-year-old quarterback. He was their best option. I said so right after the season ended and that was the guy they should go. And they went out and not only pursued him, but they landed him. So it was the right move. I'm not trying to tell you anything opposite of that right now. But we have to stop pretending like there's not a ticking clock on the Jets. There absolutely is. Now, when they made the move and got Rodgers, some of the, 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 the people looking at that move is, and were a little leery of it was because you felt like, well, how long are you going to have Rodgers? Are you only going to have him for one year? It did seem like there was the possibility that you'd only have him for one year. Now, he's come out, and he, he loves being a Jet, and he said that he's going to be here more than one year. He's going to be here two years, three How long he could stay? Oh, he, this is where he wants to wind up his career. He loves being a Jet. Of course he loves being a Jet. Nothing's happened yet. <laughs> you love being a Jet. What? You love going to Broadway shows and getting the best seats and going to concerts and everybody telling you how great you are? You love this? Wow, wow. You're a weirdo. Of course he loves being here right now. Nothing's hap- nothing bad has happened as of yet. So it's all well and good now. Let's see what happens when the season, because there will be things that come along. Every team will have them. The Jets will have them. The Giants will have them. Every single NFL team will have them. So getting back to the point about Super Bowl or bust, I would, when, when, when they made the move for Rodgers, and it seemed like you might only have them for one year, I did think that, yeah, they are Super Bowl or bust this year. The fact that that has now changed based on his, his comments I would say that that changes the timeline. But the point still remains. When Rodgers is here for that move to work, 
The Jets have to win a Super Bowl, of course. Because otherwise, what was the point of getting him? That's the point of getting the 39-year-old. You you realize you're not going to have him for a very long time. It's not just simply to go to the playoffs. It's not just simply to maybe win a playoff game. It's to have the highest of expectations. And here's how you know it's true. The players themselves are talking about it. Rodgers, when he walked in the door, said, well, that Super Bowl trophy is getting lonely. And he's, he's doubled down on it every step of the way, saying that he thinks that this team has what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Dalvin Cook is saying the same thing when he walked in the door. So, yeah, at some point, if Rodgers is here for three years, if he's here for four, however long he's here, for this move to make sense, to, 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 to bring in the, the aging quarterback who's had a great, unbelievable career, including a Super Bowl win and all the MVPs, yes, you have to win a Super Bowl. At some point, it's, that move is Super Bowl or bust kind of move. Now, this year, the bottom line is they got to get to the playoffs. And I think getting to the playoffs is just one area. I think you almost have to win a playoff game because that will tell you it's hard to envision a scenario where the Jets simply make the playoffs as like the sixth or seventh seed, don't win a playoff game, and then the following year, you're going to take this major leap. I think this is the year you're going to see the major leap. So if you get to the playoffs this year and you win a playoff game, and for whatever reason you get ousted before the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, then at least you can say, okay, we accomplished this in year one. Year two, we have to take that next step. That's that's fair. That's understandable. You don't need to win a Super Bowl this year if Rodgers is going to be here beyond this year. But it is kind of hard to envision a scenario where they're going to be better in year two than year one. Like, what's the excuse to not be better this year? You're getting used to the scheme? It's his scheme. You're not almost certainly going to have a first-round pick next year, right? That's, that's almost certainly going to go to Green Bay. And there is a ticking clock on this move when you go and get a 39-year-old quarterback because when he leaves, you're back at square one at the most important position in sports. And, and when you do that, you're almost certainly not going to have another four-time MVP basically fall on your lap, and you'll likely be with the guy making the next pick who blew the second pick on Zach Wilson. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, your phone calls as we take you up until noon right here, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York.